praise you this morning. We give you glory and honor and praise. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your kindness, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you do lift us up. And you lift us up high above all the circumstances and all the things that are going on, Father God. That you lift us up, our spirit man up above that, Lord, and we can fly as eagles fly. And we thank you for that, Lord. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you guys for allowing Peggy and I to get away last weekend. And we had a, a great time. And um, we just, um, you know, had some time just to kind of sit back and rest. <laughs> and, you know, and then last week we went to the um, EFI Leverage Conference, which was the theme this year was forward. And I was all week long, it's like, you know, had all kinds of things running through my mind, like, well, what you want me to share, what you want me to share. And then, you know, it's good to every once in a while to, in order to go forward, to remind us what God has told us in the past. So this week and then two, two more Sundays, I'll be talking about our vision here at Image Church, the vision that God um, gave us to go forward with. And, you know, it's good. We know we have to have vision, and we have to have vision to go forward with and to look and to see ahead. And this week, the first part of the first, we have three parts to our vision is serving, fellowshipping, and growing. And the first one I want to talk about today is, is, is grow, is, um, excuse me, serving. And, you know, serving is, Something that some people just, it almost comes natural. <laughs> it's, it's really a calling upon your life. But we're all called to serve. And Jesus was our example in that. And um, I'm going to read this um, scripture out of Habakkuk 2, verses 1 through 4. This talks about vision. And this is about, he said, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. So he's going to climb up and he's going to stand at his guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. He had a complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. It, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. So he's saying, you know, here's the vision. Make sure it's plain. It said write it on tablets so the runners can carry it to everybody else, right? So it's got to be plain. It's written on the tablets and they're carrying it out. And that's what we're to do. And that's what I'm to do is to make sure it's plain. And, um, you know, we need to be, like I said, reminded every once in a while and, and know what our vision is and what God has called us to do. And, yes, in all these, God's called everybody to do it, but these are our vision focuses. And as we do each one of them, as we serve, as we fellowship, it will cause the other one to happen, and that's the growing part. And growing is, is not just um, numbers. 
it's, it's growing spiritually, probably more than numbers, is maturely, spiritually, and in every way. And um, there's this little, I don't know if you call it a parable, what you call it, that's what they called it, kind of a parable, but I want to read it to you and just listen to it. <laughs> and um, this, this is what the question is. It, it, it poses a question at first. It says, do you know the difference between the approach of those in heaven versus hell? Like, oh, what does that mean? Well, listen to this. The group in hell did all they could. Okay, let me just kind of preface this saying these guys are, are being fed a meal, basically. And um, just kind of picture this in your mind. And they were given a stew. And a real long spoon. I'm imagining it's like three foot long. So have you ever tried, if you grab it by the end, you, hey, how's that going to work? Listen to this. The group in hell did, did all they could to make the spoon full of stew reach into their hungry mouths. But they grew more and more frustrated as there was no way to finagle the spoon into their mouths. you imagine I don't have that much reach. Maybe some tall people could reach it, but not me. Maybe you could throw it up there and try to catch it. So the group in heaven, however, took a different approach. Instead of focusing on themselves, I, I just thought this was awesome, even though it's not a real depiction of heaven and hell, but it's a depiction of two different sets of people, maybe servants and non-servants. You could say it that way. The group in heaven, however, took a different approach. Instead of focusing on themselves, they used a long spoon to serve those sitting across the table. You catch that? In this way, everyone was fed and satisfied. Wow. Think about that. Think about that. You know, if I could think more about the guy across the table, guess what? He's going to think about me, and we're both going to get fed. You know, this, it's not a biblical accuracy of description of heaven and hell but it shows a two different radical different approaches to life me 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 hunger 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 feed 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 and that's you know that's the world today in a nutshell for the most part but then and it's it's, it's all about focusing on you and what you need and how you need it you know we approach God that way with all our needs all our really wants he says he'll supply our needs, so we should trust him for that, and he'll do that. But then we have those things that are wants that we think are needs. You know, when somebody says, I need a banana split. I love banana splits, but I don't need one most of the time, especially not every day. But um, every once in a while, it's a treat. But, no, I want a banana split. Right? That's a true way to say it. But we like to say, I need it. I need it. You know, people that have to have a caffeine. I need my caffeine. Of course, that could be true for some people. But when we... Listen to this statement. When we focus on serving one another, we all end up receiving what we need. Wow. If we could just focus on that. I want to... 
serve my brother. I'm going to serve my sister. I'm going to serve my fellow man. See, Jesus didn't come to the earth to be served. Did you know that? Right? He came to serve us. He came to give his life for us. He came to um, down, down the cross. And he provided our most significant need, and that's the need for salvation. That's the need for the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. So, and then the Bible, the, the, the Bible all through proclaims who Christ is and what he did for us, and he came to serve, and he served us. And so because of that, he's our example. And we need to follow in his footsteps. He served to the point that it, took, it, it, it cost him everything. His physical life here on earth. So I'm going to give you a definition of serve. To act as a servant. To wait on tables as a waiter. To render assistance. To be of use to help. To render obedience or homage to God. That's what a servant is. So it's to serve others. To be a blessing to others. To to serve. Philippians 2, 3 through 7 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, even though he knew he had it, and he, he, he knew that. But he didn't cling to that. That wasn't, well, I'm, you know, I'm equal with God. Y'all look at me. We'd, we probably wouldn't be sitting in this church today if that had happened because we wouldn't be saved. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. So he took on humanity for us. He gave up his deity. He gave up his throne. He gave up everything and you know the thing that's awesome about what Jesus did he was living in a human body so he had all these temptations but he never faltered from what God had called him to do he never faltered from that serving us he never faltered he never came to now I don't know how many times that thought ran through his head and the enemy's like you know you're God because he tried it you know when Jesus went um, into the desert for 40 days and fasted the first thing the enemy hit him with was food. Well, you can turn the rocks into bread. Well, Jesus knew that. You can jump off this mountain and, you know, the angels are going to catch you before you hit the ground. Jesus knew all that, but he chose not to choose that. And that's what we have to do, being servants to one another. You know, if we can get a, a connotation, if we can get a, 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 in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirit the fact that we're to serve each other. It'll change who we are and how we do what we do. You know, and it'll change. You know, some things come up and you have to do it. And some people are like, that's just too hard. Let's just do this. I was thinking of that this morning in some certain situations where I, I, I hear, I've heard a lot of times like, well, let's just, 
leave it there because it's too hard to do it again. Or let's just leave it there because it's too hard. Well, see, that's not part of serving because you can say, well, I already done that. I already fed Mike this meal and he's done. What if Jesus had thought about that? You know what? I don't went far enough. I've already went far enough for you English people, majors who. I've already went far enough. I've already went as far as I want to go. I'm not doing this anymore. It's hard. I'm living in this human body. I am Jesus. My goodness, I'm the Son of God. You know, if people think that as they progress in maturity in their life, in their Christian life, in their jobs and everything else, well, I've done that before, so I don't want to do it again. You understand what I'm saying? I've passed that. I'm past the going in there and cleaning up the bathroom. I'm past the, well, you know, I have to do that sometimes still myself. Not that that's a big deal. I'm just saying there are times I come in and I go in that bathroom. I'm like, oh, Lord. Maybe the cleaning people forgot that one that day. That happens often. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go in there and clean it up. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it. I'm not, especially if it's on Sunday morning. I did several things this morning that I saw that I thought, well, you know, I just got to do it. And see, that's the way we all ought to be. And I'm not tooting my horn. I'm just saying that's what we need to be to be servants. If we wait for somebody, well, they didn't do it. So well, what if um, somebody knocked stop sign down? And that's the only thing you, you didn't, you hadn't been down that road before. And they said, well, you know, I'm not changing that. I used to do that, but I'm going to do it. Let somebody else do it. And then somebody runs off the mountain. Peggy and I had to get protected from running off the mountain this past weekend because on the way up, it was so cloudy, I couldn't see five feet in front of me. So she's, thank God for little GPSs because she's like, okay, you got to turn left. And we're on a mountain road. No guardrails. About that wide. <laughs> you got to turn right. You got to turn, because literally maybe eight feet in front of you is all you could see. We made it. You see, we're here. We didn't roll off the mountain. So if we start rolling off the mountain, get on your phone, call everybody, and tell them we love them. But <laughs> whatever. Because <laughs> the, when Peggy first noticed, she said, why are you stopped? We were on 321, a four-lane road. And I said, can you see anything? Because I can't. <laughs> so we have to take on that human form of, of being a servant. And I don't even know how I got off on that little rabbit trail, but it's okay. But we, we have to know that um, when we serve Christ, we have to meet people where they are. We have to meet them where they are. We have to love them where they are. So we, you know, our job is to be attentive to the needs of people. And we'll go into that further later, but... Only there's no written formula. This is the way you serve, the way Jesus did. It's by example, and that's the way most of us learn. Did you know that? By example, we see the example someone set, and we learn it by that. And if it's a bad example, guess what? We learn it the wrong way. We learn it the bad way. You know, it, it, just say I used to crawl under houses for a living. And just say I had watched this guy, and this didn't happen, okay. 
And he'd crawl under the house, and every time he'd crawl out backwards. Well, see, if I thought that's the way you're supposed to do it, I'd be crawling out backwards every time. And I wouldn't know why. I'd probably ask, is there a reason that you do that? And if he said, well, I'm making sure there's no snakes coming after him, I'd say, well, okay, I understand. <laughs> well, I've never seen anybody do that. I'm just saying that you learn by example. So what somebody else does that's what you do. So I'm telling you, you better be doing what you're supposed to be doing, serving the way you should serve, being Christ-like the way you should, should be, because there's somebody watching you. And if that person sees that you're not a servant, that's why I believe in servant leadership. I believe you have to be a server before you can be a leader. Good leaders are good servants. I don't mean that in a bad way. You know what I'm saying. So I'm going to give you some ways that we are to serve or how we serve or how we can serve. First word, and this is a big word, holistically. Somebody said, what does that mean? Basically, it just means to be concerned about every part of a need. Every part or every need you're concerned about. You take it in the whole. And see, Jesus did that. He served that way. He served holistically. Luke 4, 18 and 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So he's saying that he's, God sent me to do all these things. And it covers the whole gamut. Uh, go to Mark 10, 45. It says, For the, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So I want to ask you a question. So if Jesus came to be served, not to be served, but to serve others, what makes us think we're better than that? Oh, serve me, serve me. Do for me, do for me. You know what? And just as I said about the, the, the spoons, when you do it for others, somebody's going to help you. They'll do it right back. Can you imagine the guy sitting across? He's like, how am I going to do this? And the guy reaches over and says, here you go, buddy. He's like, oh, man. So he picks it up gives him a bite. I'm sure they had to get it out of their bowl because they couldn't do this. So they were serving them out of their own whatever, but they were serving them. And then in um, Ephesians 3, 7, it says, By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. So what did Jesus do? Jesus cared for the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual needs of those he met. And we can learn to care for people and serve them just like Jesus did. So Jesus didn't just save them. He served them every way. He didn't just serve them physically or emotionally or even spiritually. It was all three. He laid hands on the sick. He fed those that needed to be fed. He, he, he saved us. He came and died for us. So, you know, we, we meet a lot of people, and we might not even know it, but that are emotionally, or they may be physically and spiritually deficient. They need some help emotionally. They may need some help physically. 
And they may need spiritual help. And they don't, may not even know where to turn. Maybe they've been wounded by somebody that wasn't a servant, that didn't know how to serve, that didn't know how to, to help. So we can do the same. Jesus is our example. We can do the same as Jesus did. We can care for people emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So Jesus was holistic. He cared about the whole. The whole part of it. Now, say you have a, a pet or an animal in the field. You know, whatever. Just use Mike as an example. He's got horses out there. What if he only cared about watering them? Well, how long would they last? Not long. Because all they got is a drink of water, which is good, but water don't keep you but so long. And then there got to be some food, right? Say his pastures were barren, had no grass, had nothing for them to eat. It's just all sand. And they're just walking out there going, man, I really need some food. I need some grass or I need some hay or I need some feed, grain, or whatever it is you feed them. They would eventually die. Or run away. Right? Most people, what's what happens is people run away from people. They run away from, because they're not being fed what they need. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So Jesus touched their physical needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual needs, their social needs. All the way. And that's what we have to do in every way. Those of us who raise children, who are raising children, who have children, will be that way the rest of our lives. We got to meet those, we help them meet those needs, right? No matter what it is, whether it's physical, spiritual, and all, emotionally, and everything else. So, holistically, so the whole picture, in other words, we're to serve all the way. Not just, now some of us have. Gifting's better in some areas than the other, but we still, there are people that we meet that need it all, and we're the only ones that can give it to them. So we better be prayed up, whatever we want to say, on all those aspects. The second one, way to serve it, is compassionately. Jesus had compassion in Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, he had passion, compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep, Without a shepherd. He saw them. He said, man, they're just wandering around. And sheep have, to, sheep have to have somebody to follow. Right? And so they're running around. They're trying to figure out what they need to do. And, they have, and, and this statement, oh, next one, is compassion. Is, it's not only about feelings. It's about action. Just having feelings for somebody, just saying, oh, well, just, boy, I just feel so sorry for them. That does not a, lot, a whole lot for them, right? It doesn't do much for them. So it's not only about feelings, it's about action. God took action. He knew, He sent His Son. That was the only way we were going to do it. You know, we as a hum humanity, as a people, when Moses was there, they thought, you know, just give us a set of rules and we can do it. Just give us a set of rules. The worst thing they ever did. 
because they couldn't keep them. They got dependent on them, and everything went. And God's grace was gone for a while until Jesus came back. So Jesus' death on the cross was an act of compassion, and it was an action of compassion, not just a feeling. You know, when we reach out to somebody, you know, somebody that may, whatever it is, and, and, and you just say, you know, I feel compassion for them. I feel like I need to do something. I feel, you know, um, a prayer, just a word of encouragement. Maybe somebody needs a sandwich. As Mike Harris would say, a sandwich. I learned that from him. And I see that all the time. People say that all over the place. I thought maybe it was a Marshall thing. but A blanket. Somebody might just need forgiveness. They might need you to forgive them. Oh, that's a big one, right? You know, people, I'll never forgive them. You better. Any of those things could make such a difference in a person's life. It may be the first step to bringing them to Christ if they're not Christians, right? And it may be healing to a Christian that's, that, that needs it. One of those things could be the thing that brings him back to the Lord or that brings him back on the side he needs to be on. So it's important. Matthew 9, 37-38 says, He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. So Jesus is speaking to the disciples. There's a whole lot has got to be done. There's a whole big harvest out there, but you 12 ain't enough. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a bunch. So you need to be searching those people out. You need to pray and ask God to send more workers. I think one of the ways you can um, get more workers is to serve. Because if somebody sees you doing it, they're going to want to do it. You know, if somebody sees you enjoying your job, and they're looking for a job, they're going to feel more like, oh, you know what, I would, I'm, I'd like to try that. But if you're like, man, you don't ever want to do this. Right? You ever been in a place, maybe in a restaurant, where the person serving you don't want to be doing it? And you can tell it? And then you think in your mind, I don't ever want to have to do that. And then you have others that just, and just uh, something happened this week when uh, Robert and Darren and Peggy and I went to the EFI Leverage Conference this week. And we went to breakfast one morning. And the, we walked in, and the, the girl, she was, she's like, I'm by myself this morning. So y'all just hang in there with me. Well, there was a good fair amount of people there for one person. I'm going to tell you what, she was on the ball. And she was so... Talking, she was so friendly. She was, y'all got everything you need. And then we got talking, and she, Robert had a shirt on, the 
his image church shirt that talks about serving and fellowship and giving all that on it. And she's like, I love that shirt. She said, I was just in there this morning a while ago, and I was just singing my praise songs. Like, praise God. You should, I, get, I gave her a tip as big as the bill was because I, I thought, you know what? She needs a blessing this morning, and I'm able to do it. So I'm going to do it. So we did. We blessed her, and, and she was so thankful. But her attitude, she loved her job. I mean, she really loved what she was doing. And, and she just, you know, it's just like I don't know if she, what she might have needed or didn't need, but God blessed her. She said she used to live in this area, too. We got talking. She's from this area. So godly compassion leads to action. When God, you're motivated by God and by the Spirit, it leads to action. And then the next way we need to serve is selflessly or humbly. Wow, this is a good one. That's one of the most, the biggest things was to serve with humility. Jesus served us with humility. He was able to humble himself to come to earth. You know what was awesome, is, it's kind of, and I know this is not the way it went down probably, but it's just kind of cool to think. You know, here's God and, and Jesus like, I'll go. Take me. Which was God's plan all along, but I'll go. Take me. Send me. And, you know, God can say, well, do you understand the consequence? Yes, I do. But send me because I got compassion. I love these people. I, I, I am, and I'm willing to give up whatever I am, whatever I have. See, he was able, he was willing to humble himself, become into a human body instead of taking his rightful position, which would be to be served, loved, and adored. How many of us would think about doing that? You say, but he's God. Yeah, you're right. He is. But he came to earth and came in a human body and had all the emotions and feelings that we have. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Yeah, we accept Christ. We have freedom. We're free from our sins. But there's a warning there. Basically, humble yourselves. Remember who you are. Right? Remember who has called you. Remember what Jesus did. You remember that old saying, what would Jesus do? WWJD. We need to do that. What Jesus would do, we need to do. Listen to this step. We are called to follow Jesus' example of being free of selfish desires and become a slave to the needs of those around us. Now, in the, in the natural, our natural, say, default mechanism is to pursue our, glory, our self-glory, our self-protection, promoting ourselves. How many people spend so much time promoting themselves? You know, when you go to interview for a job, you're you promoting yourself to tell how you're going to be the best for that job. We're to become free of that. We're to become servants. 
Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others also. So don't just be thinking about your interests. And yeah, you have some interests that you have to take care of, but think about others' interests also. In your, in your pursuing the interests that you have are the things that you need. Think of others also. Don't run over people. Well, they're in my way. Let's just run over them. I can get to where I want to be. Push them over. Push them down. Trample on them. It's not the way we're supposed to be. This is, I'm going to read a statement by St. Augustine. It said, Two cities have been formed by two loves, the earthly by the love of self, even to the contempt of God. The heavenly by the love of God, even to the contempt of self. The former, in a word, glorifies itself, and the latter, in the Lord. Awesome statement. The earthly way, the natural way, is to glorify self. The godly way is to glorify God. Colossians 3.12 since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So to serve like Jesus, we've got to put on humility. We've got to be tender-hearted. If you're not humble, if you don't have humility, then you can't really be tender-hearted because you, you don't have that kind of mercy for other people. You can't, you won't really be gentle or patient. But we have to serve like Jesus did and put on that humility and it'll bring us to that. Another way is we got to serve graciously. You know, you ha you know you've been around people, they're just gracious people. They know how to serve others. They know how to love others. They know how to do things with grace. They know how to be graceful to people. You know, if we take Jesus' example of the grace he gave us, then we should be able to give grace to other people. Luke 6, 35 says, Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will, be truly, you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is the kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Jesus calls us to love our enemies and to do good to them while expecting nothing in return, just as he loved us while we were sinners. See, human nature is to, we only love the people that love us back, right? They don't like me, and I don't like them. So we want somebody that will return the favor versus somebody that we think will hurt us. But Jesus said to love your enemies. Do good to them and don't expect anything back. Well, Lord, you know, that's hard. Jesus tells us that if we only love those that love us in return, if we don't forgive those, if we don't, then there's no heavenly reward. Does that mean I won't go to heaven? No. But it says there's no heavenly reward. And whatever that is, 
I guess, is that selfish? I want it. Right? I want to be in that number. I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I picked up this this morning to read um, today's word for the day, you know, a little devotional. If you don't have one, please take one. I had somebody visiting the other week, and they were like, can I have one of them? I said, you can have as many as you want. They're sitting right there. Just take two or three of them and give them out to people. That's what they're for. But as I was reading, I read the wrong one. By accident? Nah, I don't think so. But I read November 8 instead of November 7, which is tomorrow. It says, love is the decision. Love is a decision. It says, when a lawyer asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, he replied that he must love God, others, and himself. Observe that he said, you must love This tells you a lot about the true nature and behavior of love. It can be commanded. And if it can be commanded, then it can't be only emotional or a matter of feelings. Listen to this. So it's not just about how you feel about it. It's not just about feelings. It's something that can be commanded. So God said, love one another. So it's something that can be done outside of feelings. Right? Genuine love is more than feelings. It is a matter of the will. That's why Jesus could command us to express it. It's a commandment followed by a commitment. Although feelings are important, true love functions regardless of how you feel. In his book, The Fred Factor, Mark uh, Sanborn writes, I learned a long time ago that liking people and loving them are different. Right? We don't, we're not, he didn't say we had to like them, but he did say we had to love them. And we get that confused sometimes, right? I mean, we kind of like. Unlike love, like is a feeling. The tough part is that we can't control our emotions. We can control how we choose to express them. You got mighty quiet. We can control how we choose to express them, but not the feelings themselves. You still have that feeling. You still have that, well, I don't like her. And you want me to help her? A healthy person can choose to be angry and still choose to act lovingly. A feeling is a reaction. Maybe that's one reason Jesus didn't say like your enemies. He knew that liking or not liking someone was not always in our immediate control. (laughs) I have learned that love is, among other things, an action. I can love someone I don't necessarily like. I can do something or act toward that person in a certain way because I know it's the right thing to do even if I don't feel warm and fuzzy doing it. That's love. Well, I don't like you, sir. I ain't doing nothing for you. I've had people tell me that to my face. And here's the thing. When you act lovingly toward another person, your emotions begin to line up with your actions. Go ahead, try it. 
and see. I thought that was awesome. It's just awesome how these little accidents happen. How do you know that not with God? So we're to love graciously. We're to love even when we don't like. The next one is we're to serve God intentionally with intent, not with, um, you know, um, definition of intention is determination to act in a certain way. I'm determining I'm going to act like Christ. I'm determined that I'm going to be a servant. I'm determined that. Most of us are like, and, and I'm determined I'm going to do acts of goodness and acts of kindness and acts of love. And all the, most of us are like, well, you know, when something comes up, I'll, I'll do it. I'll act upon it. And things do come up and you act upon it. But some things need to be intentional. You need to have intentional, um, make the intentional decisions. I'm going to do something loving today. I'm going to love somebody that I don't like. I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they smell. I don't like the way they talk. I don't like what they do. But I'm going to love them. I'm going to reach out to them. You know, some of those people just need that. They just need somebody to reach out and to love them. John 12, 26 says, Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone whom serves me. So serving Jesus requires perseverance in following him wherever he is leading, being intentional, hearing his voice. And he says, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. We need to be intentional. Colossians 4, 5 says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every, every opportunity. So be intentional about opportunity, but when opportunity arises, be ready. And I think that if you're intentional about serving and intentional about loving people, then it'll come easier when it just pops up. When you have this, like we did at the restaurant, when we had this chance to be a blessing. This chance to respond. You know, who knows how much junk she had to put up with that morning. Where's my breakfast? Why ain't it right here? You gave me the wrong thing. I wanted an over easy egg and this is medium. So we need to be intentional in our doings. Intend on doing good today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Intend on doing good today. When you leave this place, if you're going to a restaurant or wherever you go, intend, be intentional about being a blessing. Be intentional about serving somebody through love, grace, kindness, peace, all those things. And the last thing I want to talk about is to make time for people. Really? Make time for people. Make it in your schedule that you're going to make time for people. You're going to say, you know, 
there's so-and-so that comes to church and I hadn't really got to talk to him for a while. Making an intention when you come on Sunday morning to hook up. At least talk to him for five or ten minutes. Whatever you have to do. Maybe they haven't been in a month. You might want to be intentional to reach out and find out why. Are they just tired? Are they just lazy? Are they just whatever? You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is. And reach out in love. Be a, be a servant to them. Matthew 20, 31, 32. I'm reading this out of the Passion. It says this. Those in the crowd scolded them and told them to be quiet. But the blind men shouted even louder. Jesus, son of David, show us mercy. Lord. So Jesus stopped and had them brought to him. He asked them, what do you want me to do for you? Make time for Jesus wasn't just intentional on I have this to do. I'm going to the cross. I'm going on over there and I'm going to do this thing. No, he, anything he went to do, he stopped on the way. When he saw a need, when he heard a need, and you know, especially these guys, everybody else said, well, just be quiet. Jesus is busy. He's got things to do. And you're going to bother him? Scream out at him, ask him to heal you. You've been blind forever. But Jesus heard that. Jesus saw, and Jesus was, took every opportunity. He wasn't just intentional about going to where he was going. He was intentional on his ministry, on what God had called him to do. And that's to reach out to the poor, to the sick, to the hungry, to the dying, to the emotional, spiritual, and physical needs of whoever he met. And that's what we need to do. And this last thing I want to leave you with is, I think, very important. Mark 9, 35 he said, he said, Jesus, he sat down, called 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. It was important, right? It was important. I mean, he sat down and said, y'all come over here because I got something important to say. If you ever want to be first, you got to learn to be the servant of everybody else. So as we think about serving and what God has called us individually, but as a church, that's one of our focus points of our vision is to serve. And I was thinking about this week, so many ways that we do serve and so many ways that we don't serve that we could serve. And are we serving our community the way we should be? Are we serving each other the way we should be? And I had all these things. So watch out. We might have to step up our game in some areas. You know, because of the last couple of years, you just kind of... if you allow that to happen. And as we were in our conference this week, 
It was so awesome to get to sit back and hear all this word being, and it was so, things were being said that were so intentional. This is what we got to do. This is what we do. And, and this, and you know, a lot of focus was on passing that mantle or that baton to the next generation. Guys, we got to prepare that generation or we're not going to have anybody to pass it to. Some of us could be too old to cross that finish line quickly. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be like, because we're waiting for somebody to come take it, but we got to train them, right? We could get to our goals much faster. <laughs> so, I was, you know, you know, y'all all know this. I know that. But God is so good. Amen. Because, you know, last week Darren spoke, and then for two weeks I've been like, Lord, what do you want me to say? You know, what, what's, what's the next thing that I'm supposed to? And I'm just like, I'm just going to get up there and talk one day if something don't and then, I think it was Wednesday, and, and I look, sometimes I like to just look back through my sermons, I have them over here, see what, it, and that one popped up, it's been four years since I've talked about our vision. And the Lord said, you need to remember what, the, 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 the task that you're given. And I said, wow, okay. And I've never done it like this, like I'm doing but these are the things, just a reminder, if you want my notes, get them, QR code them out there, whatever. And I think it's a good thing to do that. If you didn't take notes yourself, you know, I took notes all through the conference as much as I could. Thank God that God's given me the whatever to be able to do it on here because reading my handwriting sometimes is rough. So I could type it on here pretty fast. And... um but we're to serve God holistically, meeting every part and every need, not just what we choose that we think is be good. Compassionately, selflessly, graciously, intentionally, and we're to make time for people. You know, figure out a way when somebody asks you, could we just talk? Figure out a way to make time for it. Well, I'm too busy. I got this and this and this, and my kids are going here and my kids are going there. I'm sorry. Won't you call somebody else? Do you think they will? Probably not. Because I think people reach out to certain people for a reason. You reach out to people that you like, you know, there's, there's something there that I need to hear. There's something there. There's something in that person that I need to glean from. But if you're not intentional, if you're not tuned in, You'll miss that opportunity to speak into somebody's life. You know, we're, we're um, coming down to the end of our journeys. And I'm not talking about age-wise. I'm talking about <laughs> Jesus is coming. I know, well, I've heard that all my life. You're right. But you're going to hear it the rest of your life. <laughs> but I believe there are so many things in, in, in place. And we as Christians, we as the church, need to be intentional. 
I don't know if that word just keeps coming to me. We need to be intentional about serving God. And we need to know what serving God is. It's not promoting your thing. It's not promoting who you are. It's doing whatever needs to be done. Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I just praise you and thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you called us to be like you, and that's to be a servant. And, Lord, I pray for all of us this morning. If, if you want to pray, Lord, raise your hands if you want more of a servant heart than you have. I'm not saying you don't have one, but you want it to be more. You want it to be better. You want to be able to do these things. Father, I ask you right now in Jesus' name to, give, to expand my heart in the area of serving. To be able to be Jesus to everybody I see. Whether I like them or not. I just want to pour out love to them. And Father, I thank you for that. And I praise you for that. And I pray for every person within the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for grace and mercy. I thank you for healing. I thank you for touching. I thank you for saving. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you give us what we need physically, mentally, and spiritually if we just open our hearts and realize it. So I thank you and praise you, Lord. I thank you for what you have in store for us. I pray all your blessings upon these people in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I just want to say that um, don't forget the... Um